Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. You know, just as we were worshipping, I just felt like God's saying, you know, that, that rain is coming for us. That it's almost like the atmosphere and the air is thick with those clouds, those black clouds full of rain, full of the presence of God, and in but a moment He's going to unleash rain upon this place. You know, where the ground has been hard and barren and forsaken, seed has been sown deep down into it and almost forgotten, God is going to start sending rain upon the land and He's going to call forth that which has been sown into the ground. And not just what we've done as a church, but what great men and women in the past have come and done and sown and gone on. And people have thought, well, what happened? It didn't work. God says, no, it did. They put a seed in the ground in this community and now is the timing that I'm sending my rains that that seed would begin to break forth, and I would call out the promises of God. Wait and see. It's almost like we can begin to smell that rain, and it's coming. You know, Psalm 122, 1 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in the gates of Jerusalem. You know, and here we are, C3 Nusa, a year on, and I want to tell you this morning, it is great. It is amazing, it is wonderful, it is privileged to be standing in the house of the Lord, yeah? Lozzie, thank you, that was amazing. Thanks, guys, that was wonderful. Why don't we give them a hand? Well done. Spot on, spot on. All right, good morning. Well, you're looking so amazing. So this morning, I want to spend a little bit of time just talking about fighting for your dreams and living out your purpose because we all have a purpose and we all dream. But I want to go a step further and say to you, without the ability to dream, it is often very hard and very difficult or practically impossible, I'd say, to walk out your God-given purpose because the two are very much interrelated. You know, and many times you will find that as we begin to dream, God dreams, it leads us into a godly calling. But stepping into your God-given purpose and your God-given calling is not just a case of, you know, today I'm doing what I'm doing and then tomorrow, bang, I'm in the sweet spot with God and I'm doing, I'm living out that higher calling. But what you will find is if we are to lay hold of the dreams God's given us and the purpose that He's called us to, then we've got to understand that it's a journey. And it's usually a lifelong journey that we take right up until the point where God calls us home to be with Himself. You see, who we are today is not necessarily who God would desire us to be tomorrow or the days or the weeks that follow. And the capacity that we have on our lives today is not necessarily the capacity that God would desire of us tomorrow to face the mountains that we may face in the weeks or months or the, the years ahead. But God desires that as we experience Him and as we walk with Him in His presence that He's growing us and He's stretching us and we're beginning to be transformed into who He's called us to be, amen. And so I want to I tell you a little story this morning just to set the context for the message. So some of you may know or may not know that I, ha- I haven't always lived in Australia and I haven't always been a Christian. So I grew up in South Africa. I was born and raised in Johannesburg. And then back in 1995, my family and I made a decision that we were going to immigrate to Australia. And so we found ourselves landing on the shores of Sydney, the northern beaches of Sydney. And it was the year after in 1996 that I gave my heart to the Lord. And about the same time, we moved into our first family home in Neptune Street in Newport. And what I remember um, so vividly about this house was that the bedroom I had 
was a bedroom that had a window that faced out onto our garden. And right in front of my window was one of those massive, I'm pretty sure it was like a lily pilly pilly bush or whatever you call it. It was right outside my window. And what was so significant about this bush is that one day, as a young kid coming home from school, I remember it was probably the beginning of spring, looking at this bush and seeing this tiny little caterpillar. I don't know how it caught my eye, but I saw it and he was munching away, doing his thing as he does. And I thought, oh, that's very interesting. But little did I know I was about to share in a journey with this caterpillar, and God was actually going to speak a revelation to my life through this caterpillar. And so, you know, the days, the days went on from there, and, you know, I'd come home from school and get threatened, you know, with all sorts of things if I didn't sit down at my desk and do my homework, which we all love to do as young men. So sit down at my desk and often daydream as we do, and, and I could guarantee that every time I'd be daydreaming and looking out of my window... I would catch a glimpse of this little caterpillar doing his thing on the tree, on this bush. And anyway, I just, I just kept on being able to see this caterpillar every day, as, and, and I literally watched this caterpillar grow and grow and grow as he was munching away and destroying our beautiful lily pilly bush, but he was having a good time, and he was doing his thing. And then one day I remember, he obviously was, he got into the size that they get to, and he stopped eating, and he started building. And obviously what he was building was his cocoon, and it was this beautiful little blue-brownish cocoon that he was building on this tree and on this bush. And eventually he went into his cocoon. And I remember for the next two weeks, so interested and so fascinated by what was going on inside this cocoon. And I would sort of come home and be wondering, you know, when's he going to come out and what's going on inside and what's the transformation process happening? And it was all so amazing. And then one morning, I was actually lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time to see him come out of his cocoon, um, and obviously now he was a butterfly, and later I learned it was a monarch butterfly. And I just remember thinking at that time, God, why is it that this beautiful creature has to start out life as this pretty boring little caterpillar, go through this massive journey and struggle to become a butterfly? Surely God, in all his greatness and bigness, could create this butterfly to come out of a little egg, and we could just forego the whole process of metamorphosis altogether. And I remember right at that time, God saying to me, Justin, the reason why I've actually allowed you to observe this little caterpillar's journey is because I'm using him to teach you a lesson. And, I'm, and that lesson is that I want you to fight for your dreams and live out your purpose, the purpose for which I've created you for. And I remember as a new Christian around that time being totally blown away at God's creativity and the cleverness of God to catch my attention And so what I want to do this morning is just pull out four principles from that story that I really believe you and I need to hold on to in our lives if we are going to successfully lay hold of our dreams and walk out our purpose, amen? And so the first first principle is this, we have to eat, we have to eat. That's a revelation in itself, who can say amen to that? We need food, yeah? You see, because what I observed with this little caterpillar is that regardless of whether it was sunny, regardless of whether it was pouring rain regardless of whether it was blowing a gale, this little guy just kept on eating. He just head down, chomp, 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 chomp. He just kept eating, and it didn't matter what was going on. Even when I used to get right up against the window, looking at this caterpillar millimeters away from him, it was like he didn't see me at all. Totally unfazed, head down, and he just kept eating. And the deal with that is that in order for him to grow and develop and mature, he had to keep feeding because in order for him to reach that critical weight or that critical mass, if you like, where something inside him would shift and he'd begin directing his purpose to the next step in his journey, he had to keep on feeding. And so you and I need to understand that if we're going to walk out God's purpose for our lives, if we're going to walk out the dreams that God has given us, 
it's going to greatly depend on whether you and I will purposefully and continually come back and stand on and read on and feed on the Word of God, you see, because at the end of the day, that Word of God inside of you will provide an opportunity for growth. It will provide an opportunity for maturity. There's a spiritual nourishment that comes as we feed on the Word of God. Yep, it'll develop you. And just like that caterpillar, it'll eventually bring you to a place where God can shift something inside of you because you've matured as a Christian, and now you can take the next step and lay hold of the next part of the season in your journey to realizing your dreams, yeah? And so Hebrews 5.12, Paul's talking to his brothers and sisters in Christ, and he says this. He says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You know, and here Paul is talking to his fellow Christians and he's frustrated. And he's saying, guys, by now you should be walking out what God has called you to do. By now you should be teaching the Word of God, but yet you're stuck in the spiritual infancy. You're stuck on the milk of the Word of God. You're not prepared to move off from the foundational teachings of God's Word. And until you stop suckling on the Word and start chewing on the Word, you're not going to get any further on. You see, because when you chew on the Word of God and you meditate on it and you read it and you hear it and you speak it into your life, you begin to unlock a nourishment and a transformative power in the Word of God that will begin to change things in your world. You see, there is sustenance, there is real sustenance in the Word of God as we come back to it and we, we sit on it and we lean on it and we depend on it that will cause us to grow and mature in our journey. And Paul goes on to say in that scripture, he says, but Solid food is for the mature who by constant use, and that's that chewing, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. And why is that so important? I want to tell you it's important this morning because you and I have an enemy with every fiber of his dark being does not want you to reach maturity. He wants to do everything he can to stop you from entering into your full potential in Christ. You see, at every point and every uh, turn in your journey, if you like, the enemy would come to try and bring discouragement and try and bring doubt. You know, and there's one thing, and there's one thing only that I'll give the enemy credit for, and that is his persistence in trying to steal, kill, and destroy from God's children. And church, you know, there is no way that you and I can ever realize our full potential and grow up in Christ unless we are prepared to stand on the Word of God face the enemy and make a decision that we're going to fight, you know. As we begin to um, take up the sword of the Word of God and cut down every attempt the enemy would make to lay hold of our dreams, we begin to push him back off our journey, yeah. And the deal is that a sword wielded in the hands of a skilled warrior is far more dangerous than a sword wielded in an infant's hand, yeah. The ability to do accurate and calculated damage to the plans of the enemy will come when it is wielded by a person who is spiritually mature, a person who makes a decision to be full up on the Word of God. You know, and that skill comes as we train. That skill comes as we begin to speak out the Word of God over our families and over our marriages and over our kids and in that workplace and in the face of our challenges and in the face of that discouragement and doubt that comes to all of us at certain times, we begin to declare unto God, you know what? No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. You know, God is actually right now working out all things together for the good for my life. You know, greater is the Spirit of God that lives in me than he that is in the world. And as we begin to speak that, we start to cause damage to what the enemy is doing. We start to tie and bind his hands from doing the damage he intends to do. And as that scripture says, we start to learn to distinguish between the good and evil as we journey. 
we wise up in our growing up and we press forward regardless to the goal that God's called us to. Amen. So I want to encourage you this morning, do not let the enemy bring distraction regardless of the weather conditions. You've got to keep on eating. You've got to stay focused. You've got to almost pig out on the Word of God and then push that enemy back off your journey towards realizing your purpose in God. Amen. The second principle I want to talk about this morning is that we must build. We must build. You see, there comes a time in our journey as we allow ourselves to become heavy with the Word of God, and as we're growing and we're maturing, that God begins to open our eyes and He begins to lift our heads to see the greater work that He's doing, not just in us, but the work that He's actually doing around us. And there arises this desire as we mature in God to stop just spectating in the kingdom, but we desire to start participating in the kingdom because now our eyes are open to see that there is actually work that needs to be done in the harvest field. And so we make this decision in our life, you know what, I'm going to start putting my shoulder to the plow and I'm going to start building. You see, because just like this little caterpillar, he eats and he eats and he eats and then he gets to a size where he can't really eat anymore. And so it's almost like he pauses from that time in his life and he's sort of like, you know, he's got a crick in his neck from doing this, you know, for weeks and weeks. And now he's got to look up and stretch. And when he looks up and stretches, what does he see? He sees a sky, blue sky, full of butterflies flying around him. Beautiful butterflies, almost, you know, how they do that little dance with backwards and forwards on the warm summer winds or whatever you want to call it. They just kind of happily float around in the air. And it's right at that point when he looks and he sees his butterflies that he would realize, you know what? I'm actually part of something far bigger than just my little self on my little leaf doing my thing. You know, and it's right at that point as he takes another look that he realizes everything he's been doing up until that moment is now starting to make sense. And while he can't explain it, he understands that if, I've got, if I'm going to ever get from where I am to where those butterflies are flying, you know what, I'm going to have to start building something. I'm going to have to start building something. You see, church, when we begin to mature in Christ, he begins to open our eyes and he begins to lift our heads to catch a glimpse of what he's called us to, to catch a glimpse of the dreams and desires that he's placed in our heart. Amen. But sometimes, just like this little caterpillar, those dreams and those desires and that purpose feel so far removed from you. They can feel so far high above you that you can't reach them. But I don't want that to discourage you this morning. I want to actually encourage you with that very reality because it's then not by your strength and it's not by your ability, but God would prepare to give you your desires and give you your dreams by His strength and by His ability through His grace and His power. You see, that little caterpillar doesn't know the transformation, that process that's about to take place, and he doesn't know his part to play in one of God's really cool miracles. He just knows that in the here and now, all that matters is that I start building. You know, when I say building, what am I saying? I'm saying start contributing into the house of God. Start building relationships. Begin building a place where families can feel safe. You know, begin building a place where kids can come and encounter the Holy Spirit. Begin building relationship out into communities where God has opportunity to bring healing and transformation. You see, because if, if we are ever to see godly transformation, we've got to understand that godly transformation doesn't take place in isolation or alone. Godly transformation in your life will take place as you situate yourself in the heart of the house, as you situate yourself in relationship with others, and you begin to walk with Christian brothers and Christian sisters. What happens is they spur you on, and they encourage you not just through good times, but through the bad times, yeah? And we all know Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this. It says, two are better than one 
because they have a good return for their labor. And that's that shoulder to the plow we were talking about. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. I know it's often in that season in our life where we're doing life together, where we're serving in the house, where we have our relationships, that we find comfort in that. And our life can take on a rhythm, and we do what we do in the context of our Christian spheres. You know, and while it's not always easy, we face challenges and we rise above them. And as we journey, we learn what it is to really weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who, who rejoice. And we kind of get a bit of wisdom as we journey with people. And God continues to teach us and God continues to grow us and God continues to mature us. We take on skills and abilities. And there's an equipping that happens within this building and within the sphere that it happens in our spirit as we continue to, to encounter and connect with the Spirit of God. And so here we are in our world, and we have our life, and we have our relationships, and we have our responsibilities and our routines. But then something begins to happen, and that leads us into the third principle this morning, and that is we have to wait. We have to wait. And, you know, sometimes the hardest thing for us to do in life is to wait. You know, and sometimes there will come a season where God doesn't desire, you know, the the spiritual gymnastics of his kids. He just desires patience. You know, sometimes there'll come a season where God just desires that we begin to get comfortable being uncomfortable in the season of waiting, yeah? Because in the midst of building and in the midst of doing life, we can become disillusioned and we can get frustrated and we can become discouraged with God and impatient with God. And we find ourselves along the journey saying things like, Father, you know what? You've shown me great dreams, and you've shown me great purpose. God, you've lifted my head and I've caught glimpses of what you desire for me to do. And I've seen those butterflies and they're flying. And God, you know what? I want to fly. I'm tired of walking. I'm tired of doing the same thing. I'm tired of coming in and setting up and packing down. I'm tired of doing coffee. I'm tired of getting here early and leaving late when everyone else gets to enjoy the service. And sometimes I'm not even in it. God, is this the best that you have for me? Is this my life? But sometimes we have to understand that one of the most challenging things for us can be to stay in sync with the Spirit of God. The temptation arises for us to run out ahead of God, but do we really understand and do we really believe that in His perfect timing, all things are brought to fruition? You know, in Philippians 1.6, says, it's being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. You know, and there comes a time when you and I have to learn to be content with the season we are in, to trust Him, to stay close to Him, to walk with Him, believing that as He has called us, so He's going to establish us. His ways are always perfect, and the temptation comes for us to push out, for us to try and do everything we can and lay hold of every opportunity we can to try and make our dreams come to fruition because we may be thinking, you know what, God's probably forgotten you know, and our little caterpillar, instinctively, he knows where he wants to end up. He knows where he wants to be. He knows what he, he wants to become. But he doesn't within himself go, you know what, I'm just going to slink along to the edge of the branch. I'm going to take a deep breath and throw myself over the edge. You know, kind of the Wendy, look at me, I can fly, I'm a butterfly. And hope for the best. He knows that he's got to spend time in his cocoon. He knows he's actually got to wait until his maker calls him forth in his perfect timing, yeah? We all know Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know 
the plans I have for you. And sometimes we skim over that so quickly, but I want you to understand God knows. God knows the plans that he has for you. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. They're plans that are going to give you a hope and they're going to give you a future. You see, because what would happen to this little caterpillar if God grew impatient, if God kind of was thinking to himself, man, how long is this going to take? Hurry up, little fella, grow some wings. Let's get on with the process. And he kind of opens this cocoon and pulls out the caterpillar prematurely. What is he going to find in his hand? Well, I dare say what God would find in his hand is a disformed and disfigured little creature, ill-equipped to do the thing that God has made him to do. All of a sudden, his purpose has been forfeited, and his dream like him is going to eventually die, amen? You know, sometimes we can get to thinking the same thing. Maybe God's forgotten. Maybe God's, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I'm holding up the process, so I better start doing something. Or maybe, you know what, God's, I don't think God's looking at me all the time. I think sometimes God doesn't see me, and so I better start doing everything and all things I can to make sure I get his attention and to make sure he sees what I'm doing. And how often have we met people like that? They're not happy unless they're moving at 100 miles an hour. They're juggling a million things, yet they've still got to have their fingers in every pie and cover every basis so that they can get the recognition and they can get praise. They kind of chase that high of recognition and they chase that high of applause of others somehow believing that that's going to validate and secure their purpose in God. But I want to remind you, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I know them and their plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. But now you've got to trust me to bring those plans to completion, amen? And the fourth principle this morning is we have to fight. We have to fight. 1 Timothy 6.12 says this, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You know, I want to tell you this morning, church, that the walk we walk is a walk that we have to be prepared to fight in. It's a walk that demands that we become skilled in the ability to overcome, skilled in battle to overcome the enemy. You know, often the need to fight doesn't become more pressing than when we're right on the edge and right on the verge of breakthrough, yeah? When we're right on the edge of realizing a dream or walking into the purposes God has for us, you know, it is there that you will find the enemy will take his greatest stand. It is right there that the enemy will make a last-ditch attempt to try and stop you from reaching that full potential in Christ. And to the very end, to the very end, he will try and steal your dreams and kill your hope and destroy your future. And the minute that you let your guard down and the minute that we become complacent, he will take every opportunity he can to advance. And Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, continue to stand. You know, we have to arm ourselves and stand against the enemy daily, church. We have to guard our hearts and guard our dreams from him daily. You know, when you look at a butterfly in his cocoon, the greatest struggle that he faces is right at that point of breaking out of his cocoon to become a butterfly. When the transformation process is finished, he's got to then fight with everything he has and persevere until he breaks out of that cocoon. But there's a beautiful miracle that happens right in that place of struggle. You see, as he's moving and struggling and trying to fight his way out, blood is being pumped from his little body into his wings. And as that blood moves into his wings, it's setting off a chemical reaction that when he exits from that cocoon, hardens his wings and lightens them, making him ready for flight. 
But you see, if he doesn't endure the struggle and battle to break out of that cocoon, eventually it dries and it cracks and he comes out and he's got these little wings that are deformed. And he'll never be able to fly and he'll never again do what God has called him to do. There is purpose in the battle that we face. Amen. You know, I want to encourage you that the battle feels the most fierce right on the edge of breakthrough. But I want to encourage you not to give up. I want to encourage you to stay strong, to continue to wield your sword. Because you see, on the one side of breakthrough is the fight. But on the other side of breakthrough is your victory. On the other side of breakthrough is the purpose and the dreams that God has called you to. And often the distance between the two is only paper thin, just like a cocoon. But we don't see it when our heads are down doing battle. But I want to encourage you to press on, to keep fighting because you're going to break through. You will break through. You see, I believe that the difference between people who live out their God-given dreams and those that don't is found in that fight. Because I want to say it again this morning, on the other side of breakthrough is your answer. On the other side of breakthrough is a release. And on the other side of breakthrough is your purpose and God's promise for your life. But we have to fight to get there. You know, people don't let their dreams die because they stop dreaming. People let their dreams die because they stop fighting for them. And I don't want us to be a church that stops fighting for our dreams because when people give in, and they're happy to stay in the cocoon, and they stop fighting, and they're happy just to do life in the Christian sphere, what happens is that apathy begins to set in. All of a sudden, people no longer desire or hunger after God. All of a sudden, they're happy to stay where they are, and God becomes a part of the process, and God becomes a to-do list, and we tick Him off as we go about life, and we do life within our square, never desiring anymore because we've allowed the dream to die. It becomes something in the back of our mind and it loses its shine. Church, don't stop fighting. Don't allow the enemy to bring doubt and confusion. Stand on the word of God. Pick up the sword and begin to fight in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, I want to tell you this morning that when you emerge victorious, when those wings have hardened and dried, formed in the season of waiting but strengthened in the season of battle, you know, there's only one thing that butterfly wants to do and that's fly. It's almost like he knows. He waits for the perfect opportunity and almost instinctively he knows when to take off and fly. And all of a sudden he's immersed in what God has created him to do and that is beauty in flight. You know, there's no greater thing and there's no greater sense of fulfillment when we start doing what God has called us to do. You know, when you are, when you are doing what God, when you are living a purpose that God has told, called you to, you get this God perspective on your life. You begin to lay hold of your dreams and you begin to soar. And you know, all of a sudden, those circumstances and those situations and those things in life that you struggle with and the things in your life that you feel you can never get over, all of a sudden, they start looking pretty small from where you're flying. Now you've got a God perspective on your life. Everything changes, and I promise you this, you find a release and you find a momentum that comes into your life that no devil will be able to stand against in Jesus' name, amen. Don't stop dreaming this morning, church. As you fill yourself with the Word of God, I want to challenge you to open your heart and allow Him begin to speak those God-breathed desires back into your life. Allow Him to begin to reveal to you the purpose which He has designed you for. Amen. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You know, the life we live... The life that you and I live, we've heard it before, but I want to say it again, is not just meant to be lived for us. The life that we live is meant to be lived in order that we would give glory to the one who formed you in the womb. 
you know, who loves trailers? When we watch trailers to movies and we get excited, it's like God has designed his children to be trailers, to be a foretaste of the kingdom to come of those that don't know God. You know, and so when, when we do life together and we walk arm in arm with people and we do relationship, you know, we don't want people just to see a brother or a sister or a mother, but when we encounter and walk with people, we want them to experience Christ. Amen. I want to encourage you this morning, don't stop fighting. Don't stop fighting, church, because on the other side of breakthrough, God will give you your release. God will give you your dreams. Amen. You guys are awesome. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.